Theorizing that primetime audiences were ready for a new time travel series, NBC and creator Donald Belisario debuted Quantum Leap on March 26, 1989. Starring Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell, the series followed Dr. Sam Beckett for five seasons of time-hopping adventures, spawning novels, comics, and a fan base that has clamored for decades for a revival. Now, with Raymond Lee and Caitlin Bassett starring in a new version of the series that dangles just as many new threads as it does old ones, we'll ball the string up and explore the revival and the ways in which Quantum Leap has always entertained and inspired us here on... Oh boy... Oh boy, it's a Quantum Leap podcast. My name is Nate, and with me is a co-host we can all see and hear. It's Brian Martin. Hello, everyone. Here we are. For the final episode of the season. We've arrived. And what an episode it was, huh? Jeez, man. Yeah, I was going to lead off by just saying, if you had to sum this episode up in one word, your feeling coming off of this episode, what would it be? Missed landing. <laughs> That's two words, Nate. Oh. Uh, can it be hyphenated? <laughs> Gosh, I think that, that pretty much sells it, though. Okay. How about yourself? Frenetic, I think, would be <laughs> the word. Busy yet simple. It moved in a lot of different directions while maintaining one specific focus. Let's go ahead and get the synopsis in the recorder. So I was kind of stalling because the synopsis itself is very confusing this week. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, we no, can... I'm just kidding. No, we're oh, doing I... the synopsis. I got to do the synopsis. All right, all right. I got to try. Well, I'll spoil it. Ben accepted his own nudge this week. <laughs> yeah, boy, a real quantum leap style reach around here. Mm. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, it starts at 2051. 2051. That's right. I want to talk about this because I believe it's an indeterminate person in the year 2051. Right. We are never told who Ben is. We are simply told that Ian had a hard time finding anyone for him, for him to, to leap, leap into, into. Yeah. in the year 2051. Ben leaps in, as we saw in the finale of last week's penultimate episode. It's snowing in Los Angeles. Nuclear winter has happened. The world is just devastated. Ian's the last person left, and he's at Project Quantum Leap, which is in ruins, specifically to meet Ben. Yes. He is there to give Ben some vital information to help him, well, save the world, I guess. Yet he didn't know it was going to be all that vital. It was a fail-safe. Yes. Ben then leaps into 2018. Again, into himself. Yes, The right. cool thing is when Ben leaps into 2051 and 2018, the shots and the locations are identical. I don't know if I noticed that. When he leaps into 2051, he's in the same place in Project Quantum Leap that he is when he leaps into 2018. So it's okay. the exact same location, separated by 30 plus years. And at long last, we know what the purpose of this leap is. He's there to save Addison. This has been his mission statement for the entire season. Everything comes to a head in this one. Leaper X comes in. And Ben and Martinez have their final face-off in this episode, presumably. Presumably, yeah. Yeah, this might be his last leap. This is the prophesied leap before he is allowed to go home. Right, assuming there were only one season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we don't know what direction they're going to go in the second season. Maybe he's I, not the leaper next go-round. <laughs> I will say that this episode was clearly written like this show only had one season. If there was never another episode of this series of Quantum Leap, Mm -hmm. They pretty much tied everything up. Everything is done and you can walk away from it feeling like, okay, well, that was a thing. Right. Which is something we had some concerns over. Yeah. How are they going to wrap all of this up? And was it going to be a two-parter? Were we going to get some cliffhangers? I was really surprised that we mostly didn't. Yeah. There are definitely some lingering threads that are kind of seeds planted for the future. One of them that might have serious repercussions as soon as the season two premiere happens. But overall, yeah, it kind of tied things up pretty well. In making my notes and gathering my thoughts on the episode, I did put down my immediate thoughts. This did not land. Okay. What landed better? 
this episode or Martinez off the second floor of that building after he got his <laughs> fucking guts blown open? <laughs> well, is this a satisfying conclusion to you? Satisfying. Okay, is it satisfying? I will tell you the way in which I found it satisfying. Okay. Dial it way back to episode one of this show. I don't really buy Ben and Addison as a couple. Right. Yeah. If I were to chart my development as a viewer of this show from beginning to end, this episode made me a believer. And there have been moments throughout the season where I've said, yes, I get it now. And this episode really sealed the deal on the emotional resolution of what Ben is in 2018 to do. Ultimately, I found very, very satisfying. Hmm. I thought, okay, that's actually a great emotional beat to end this on. Okay. Now, if I'm looking at everything else, it is just firing in so many different directions. <laughs> and and it's playing hmm. so fast and loose with the rules or lack thereof. I definitely want to get into that because I don't even know if there are rules. And if they are, they're not clear to us, which I think is a huge problem. Mm-hmm. As far as the emotional weight, yeah, I agree. I'm seeing that first date or the beginnings of, you're right, the chemistry very much there by the end of the series. There's a beautiful scene in this episode where Ben has to go on his first date with Addison in 2018. And you cut to the restaurant and Addison's sitting there and Addison, the hologram from the future, is sitting there (laughs) and Ben is sitting there. And I was like, what a treat this is. Yeah. To be on a date with your girlfriend who's not your girlfriend yet and your girlfriend who's now your fiance. Right. right? Your fiance and your first date with her. That to me was, again, one of those moments that Quantum Leap is uniquely poised to deliver. Certainly. Yeah. I feel like that would have been a scenario where Al probably would have left. They're like, well, I'm going to go ahead and leave you to this and head on back and see what Gushy is up to. What is she still doing there? She's just so fixated on not changing the past. She's so afraid of losing him. It's a fun scene. It's definitely a fun scene. And I like that he's struggling with his initial plan to not change things. And then he just says, I've got to call an audible on this one. I believe those characters together. I even believe the camaraderie of the office. That's sort of come together in a way that I didn't think it would. Yeah, and I think it's served by the 2018 segments, too. This is the 2018 scenes are taking place before things get quote unquote serious, right? right? They're just trying to scrape this project together. And you get decent interplay between Ian and Jen in particular. Yeah, Ian especially. You see two very different versions of the characters that we've seen throughout the season. Ian is very notably inexperienced and not very confident. They are in a different place. They've been playing Dark Souls uh, the whole time, which becomes... Let me just tell you, Nate, you know, I know you're not like a huge gamer. Yeah. But when Ian brought up Dark Souls, I was like, don't let this be like one of those casual references. Like somebody just did a Wikipedia search and found a video game that fit the era and plugged it in and it has no idea what the video game is or anything. I like that Dark Souls became a central point of this plot. And it is, in fact, a virtually impossible game to finish. Okay. So whoever wrote this episode, I feel like, was a Dark Souls fan. Well, I'll take your word for that one. I do believe that Ian is in two different places in their life. (laughs) As opposed to the Ians that we see that are in three different places in their life in this episode. Yeah, I was wondering if that was the case. The fact that there was a third version of Ian was making me think there was a separation there that wasn't for the other characters. But mm-hmm. on a second viewing, no, I, I really think Mason Alexander Park was selling the difference of two years. Yes. You know, two or three years isn't that much. But obviously some major changes had gone through their life. Right. And it was clear. You can just see how my life was different, how desperate I was to have people around me to get out to the trivia game. And they mentioned that they were in a different place, whereas Jen is wearing her hair differently. Jen looks like she walked out of a 1990s hacker movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess that's like, a, it's a look. <laughs> it's, yeah, and so you know which Jen is which. You do need to know which era you're looking at, right? And those are the two characters in 23 and 18 that are kind of the most vital to have that differentiation. Yeah, sure. They do some fun and interesting things with time travel how time travel can affect people's lives and they try to play with it a little bit. Yes. But when you stretch that out across 18 episodes and go all the way back, 
to what the mystery is, that to me is not a satisfying payoff. Doesn't hold up. Yeah. No, not even a little bit. The amount of breadcrumbs stretching out this narrative, like each episode that we did was what could it be? Yes. How big is it? What are the answers? And at the end of the day, it really was just Addison's going to die. Literally, that was it. Because even the nuclear winter that comes about was not the precursor to his choosing to leap. No, we haven't stopped that. (laughs) Yeah. That's one of the threads that seems to still be present as we move into season two is whatever catastrophe befalls the West Coast, at least, is still in play, right? And it happened between the time that Ian went back to warn Ben and the time that he arrived in the future. So Ben made his choice to leap solely on the notion that Addison was going to die. Addison's death was inevitable. The nuclear winter was not a motivator. The fact that all of their lives were at risk, the program was going to shut down. None of those things were motivators for his leap. It was solely to save his fiance. But I think that the show's never lied to us about that part of it. Yes, there are breadcrumbs. It's been purposely withholding throughout the season because they sold it as a mystery right but we knew all along that it was going to be this it was really just did we though that it was going go back well we we knew from standby ben like standby ben is where he remembered that he did all this to save addison right right now the context we weren't aware of right and that's left to us to figure out and yeah as a season-long mystery i don't think it completely holds water But I do think this episode stands pretty well on its own, and I also think that it does its best pulling those threads together. Now, I'm not saying it's effective, but I think it does its best with what it's got. I believe that most of the threads left by the mystery were tied up. Yeah. The narrative completes. I'm just saying it fizzles to the expectations that I think viewers were putting on it. I think we all thought this was going to be something much, much bigger. All right. I'm going to get this right on the table right now. I think Evil Leapers are still in play. I think we're going to see them. I think season two is going to get us there. There are things that are still larger in scope that have not been addressed yet. The the U.S. government's interest in Quantum Leap and what role they will ultimately take in commandeering the program or developing their own thing. All of that is still there. And the first person I thought of coming out of this episode was the congresswoman Mm -hmm. who appeared in the Salvation episode where she talked about how her brother had died. It seems like, okay, a traumatic event in the past mentioned on an episode of Quantum Leap is just sitting there. It is just sitting there begging to be addressed, right? Right. And I think that we will get back to that. We will get back to the larger scale stuff, the nuclear winter stuff. All of that will come back into play. But if I were writing the show and I said, okay, this might be it, this might be our last hour, I think it functions okay. Like I said, I think they covered everything. And I also think that this is what they were shooting for. I just think that they sold us a bill of goods for 17 episodes that didn't quite pay off. So you ordered this finale from Wish.com. And what you got was... (laughs) That's right. Discount. This is not... Discount merchandise. $20 Lego set. Okay, I believe I will. What the hell is this? Logo. (laughs) (laughs) I've talked about Lost a lot, and the feeling that you're describing is a lot like the end of Lost, more about the emotional journey than it is all the little pieces and parts they've put out as breadcrumbs on the way. And I think that this episode, I agree with you, it, it doesn't quite live up to the hype of all the little mysteries that were peppered throughout the season. A lot of these things felt like they were stalling for time. A lot of things felt like they were red herrings that maybe weren't intentionally red herrings at the time, but were destined to become red herrings. One of the things I was least impressed with by the time this finale rolled around, Janice Calavici. Right. Janice's role in this last episode, it's almost like she comes out and says, okay, guys, it's episode 18. Now that we're here... I'm going to be an expository dump. I'm just going to lay it all out there. And it's like, where was this woman 17 episodes ago? Right. That's what I mean when I feel like the show has been withholding because ultimately 
I don't think the reasons behind Janice's caginess were justified. No. In which case, maybe. Like, you could just explain it away with a line. They do a lot of explaining things away with a line, especially in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, juxtapose who she was in this final episode where she's kind of standing with the team. And, Whoa, what did I miss? Yeah. Yeah. She's with just another part of the team. With, yeah. And juxtapose that with episode two where she's got that bunker full of time travel equipment. And, and, and like, not to she, beat a dead horse, but she drugs her mother. <laughs> yes. Well, I was I was going to leave that one behind, but but more so the threatening phone call that she makes. Remember oh, the gosh, like yeah. I'm a kidnapper or something like I know you found my hideout, but I'm already gone cuz I'm two steps ahead of you. Yeah. That whole character. Where is that person? <laughs> you know, ever since she sat down and had a drink with Jen on some tropical island, she's just kind of a... Just had to loosen her up a little bit. That's all. What if we took all the scenes that Janice was in early on and removed the score and replaced it with something sunny and upbeat and not menacing and what see if, if we... it plays the same way? Maybe she just sounds like a regular normal person without that score music. <laughs> Maybe she'd be better served by the Benny Hill music. There you go. I mean, that's always the litmus test, right? <laughs> she really did amount to a hill of beans. She was like a human red hair in this season. Yeah, yeah. She was sure. just there to perpetuate this sense of foreboding for most right, of the season. Right, One of the things I considered after watching this, letting it digest a little bit, I wondered, this story didn't need to be told as a mystery. We could have just gotten here the same way we did <laughs> without it being something we were constantly building towards. I do think... Like we've talked about in the past, that there is this expectation for this ongoing narrative-focused story arc, right? Long-form storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. just kind of seeps in and it's inescapable. But I agree. If we had just seen Martinez a few times and that was the mystery, I think yeah. that would have been plenty. Yeah. I feel like there's a story to be told if we just... And I assume they thought this would be boring, but if they just laid out, I remembered why I leaped. I think you're going to die from the actions of somebody else. I mean, just lay it all out. It's a story and it's a narrative and we know what his goals are. Right. It doesn't have to be a big mystery reveal. I made a list of some of the things that we thought it might be. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. And, I can't wait and to I'll hear tell this. You, I'll tell you what this mystery was not. The plan to stop evil Ziggy. Nope. The no. Birth, yeah, that's, that was that was the, last week. That was yes. that was the theory last week. Yeah. Okay. Yes. The birth of the evil Leaper program. Okay. Maybe, maybe. next season. But we're gonna, this, we're stick a no. pin in that one. Yeah. I. Th but this resolution. No. No. Had nothing. That's to do not with it. what Martinez was doing. Right. Everything was set into place before nuclear winter and all of that stuff. And it might be that this altered history, if history is in fact altered could lead to the Evil Leaper program itself. I don't know, but... And that's another story. Yes. That's like another chapter to this story, perhaps. Yeah. Martinez is not an Evil Leaper in a traditional sense, which we thought early on. Right. It's not that. Yeah. A plan to avoid nuclear winter? No, it's not that. <laughs> Granted, we not. only thought that at the tail end of the last <laughs> do, episode. Do you remember the X-Men cartoon every time Bishop would come back into the past to fix something? He'd always go back to the future where Forge was. Nothing's changed. Mm. Like, every time he gets back, something else has happened. I feel like old Ian and Ben are going to have a similar relationship. <laughs> maybe. I suppose that could be interesting. Just two more here. We thought that maybe he was saving Addison from herself. Uh -huh. Or some kind of major change in her life. No, she was just going to be murdered. <laughs> What's that all? <laughs> and, and early on, we thought, what if Ben really was being nefarious? What if he really is bad? Oh, I remember and that. And he just yeah. forgot that he was bad because of the Swiss cheese thing. And all of these things are infinitely more interesting to me than what we got. Ben ultimately by the end of this episode has learned the same lesson Scott Pilgrim did like the power of self-respect <laughs> you know like that's really the moral at the end of this episode. One of the things I, I did really like was when uh, Addison in 2018 is observing older Ben in younger Ben and saying yeah. this is not Ben 
He's too right. self-assured. He's too confident. He's making spontaneous decisions. This is not bad. And most of those uh, things he gained over the course of leaping. Of course. Obviously, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. So he gets an interesting journey, a nice emotional journey, even if that journey isn't, oh, I forgot how evil I am. <laughs> <laughs> I only bring that up because it was one of the things that we kind of posited early on. Yes, yeah. When we were just spitballing about what could be interesting, none of these things came to fruition. And it's not a disappointment in, oh, we were wrong, but... Yeah, they all definitely have interesting angles and promise to them. Obviously, the evil Ben doesn't seem to be on the table anymore, (laughs) but some of the things potentially could still be on the table. I will tell you one thing that was posited that bore some fruit on this episode, the phrase quantum bubble. The impact on Project Quantum Leap by changes in the past is minimized oh, yeah, sure. until okay. Ben completes the leap. I was like, right. oh, oh, okay. So no changes become concretized for Project Quantum Leap until Ben completes his leap at which point things settle in, which is not what we've seen on Quantum Leap Past. Because, of course, (laughs) Sinjin, again, we always go back to him because he's kind of the most pronounced example of this in the original series, where history is so irrevocably altered that in the minute it is, Al is replaced in the imaging chamber. So a couple things about that. One, as far as it being different, that was one example of there not being a bubble effect and present day 1999 is immediately impacted in a way that Sam can observe. But the other thing is that when Ben affects a change in the past that is felt in the present timeline, it's because he actually just executed it and it's done. Let them play, right? Where Ian recalls the game that Ben just made possible because he put his daughter in the game. Right. Also, the Halloween episode where the photos that were taken of the corpse being taken away in the hearse yes. were uploaded to the internet, but they were only there because he had changed something. Because he had changed something. When yeah. Sinjin appears in A Leap for Lisa, it's because Al's death becomes a statistical certainty. Right. It's not because Al died, because he right. hasn't died in the Leap yet. But he's almost 100% going to die. Right. So it's the difference between statistical certainties and absolute outcomes, right? But I really overthought the quantum bubble thing. I'm just going to get right out there and say it. (laughs) Like, as soon as they started talking about the quantum bubble, I'm like, okay, okay, let me make this gel with every single thing that's come before. Well, you're not wrong. Yeah. They've not interacted with themselves before. Even the smallest change that Ben makes in 2018 could have profound impacts on 2023 Project Quantum Leap. And that's the thing that, and that's the reason Addison is there coaching Ben through their first date, because she's like, this has to go exactly the way it did before. She's super paranoid about this sort of butterfly effect, making one small change that blows everything up. Definitely an interesting idea that this episode ultimately doesn't play with too much. Yet, I think there's potential, but we haven't gotten there yet. And it is interesting to kind of back to the future to it, <laughs> you know? Sure, yeah, Go, yeah. Going he's kind back of living the, through this experience he's already lived through. That he's already he's, lived through and, you know, trying to change things for people he immediately knows. Or specifically not change things, right? Like, Well, yeah, at first, sure. Ben is there in 2018 to stop. Martinez, who he's told will be there from destroying the project. It's kind of against the grain of the plan. We were led to believe that the goal was to leap to the future, which ultimately he did, but that wasn't right. just kind of a pit stop. In fact, Janice seems surprised that he's in the future. She was like, I don't know what's going on there. That's what he was trying to do. Right. One of the coolest elements of that future trip in 2051 is how the accelerator is constantly trying to pull him back. Like, you're not supposed to be in the future. It's like, okay, well, how did you get there? Realistically, the accelerator doesn't exist anymore in 2051. So I don't know how plausible it would be for him to even get there. I thought it was visually interesting. And it created sort of this immediate tension at the top of the episode that the accelerator was trying to pull him back. The big question I had was, can you just fight that? Like, does Ben not have to leap if he doesn't? Can he will himself not to leap? Is it like... Well, that's what Ian was telling him to do. (laughs) Yeah, right? That's definitely what... Ian was telling him to do, you've got to fight it. 
you know? Until I can give you this code. Right. Which is also kind of, I mean, would you really spend decades on a maybe? Is it a maybe for Ian? Like, is it a maybe for Ian or does Ian have enough faith in themselves to know that this is going to work? Not that the code wouldn't work. I don't mean... I mean that Ian would work really more than that. The code, I think Ian is confident about. The, The X factor is, will all the Ian's understand what's going on time is a flat circle or whatever (laughs) yeah no i that i get it's the fact that the purpose for the code that they wrote was a just in case it was a fail safe right as past ian describes it a cheat code right right which helps them understand what it was for and kind of put it all together it was uh, a really interesting concept, though. I was very, very intrigued by the concept of a sort of a leap reset button. So I feel like we've kind of gotten into a topic where we need to discuss the rules. Are we ready Ooh. to discuss the rules? Uh, we better be. I don't feel like they did a very good job throughout the season laying out what the rules are, how it works. Yes. I mean, and then at the end, when we're at the mercy of how quantum leaping works we don't know how it works and they get to say whatever they want yes and we're just supposed to like oh okay that's how that works they don't lay the groundwork and not only that but anybody with an affinity for the original series they're contradicting so much of what we understood it to be that we have to know what it is in their series Because obviously they didn't know exactly what it was when they started the show. And they start to contradict themselves by season three, season four. Sure. But they contradict themselves in a way that improves the product. I do think keeping it ambiguous served the original series well. Absolutely. Because you can, as this idea of this bubble encasing Quantum Leap. That's your no prize. That was that was my, yeah, that was my no prize, I guess. Yeah. And then but and something I had like the that same one. I had the same one. I agreed with that. But in the original series, they got away with pretty much whatever they needed it to be. Like, why am I still here? Right, you first? got one more thing then, to do. Yeah, yeah, I think they're giving you a chance to do something that you want to do before you leave. Right. And they get to do all of that because they have prefaced the whole thing with, We don't really know how it's working or why it's working the way it works. And it's at the mercy of a greater power. Yes. And this show is basing it entirely on the technology and that the accelerator is controlling everything. That's certainly true in this episode with the accelerator trying to physically pull him back from the future. They're constantly controlling things about who he can leap into based on code that they're uploading to Ziggy. Like they're writing code that controls this machine. Right. So it's all technology based, but we have no understanding of how any of it works. So he's not supposed to be able to leap to the future, but... But he does. Right. And then... He's not supposed to be able to leap into the 1800s, but he does. And... All right, this show, they've decided they want to leap throughout history instead of just the lifetime of the lead character. That's okay, too. Because we established, as I think probably in the Salvation episode, just leaping around within Ben's lifetime, all those eras sucked. There's nothing good. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you and I talking about it, sure. Probably makes for a more interesting show to kind of open that up a little bit, but... It bucks with what we understood it to be and how it worked. So if you're going to change the groundwork that another show already laid out, then tell us what you're doing. And they never successfully did that. Or build on it in a way that comports with what we've seen before, but ties things together. The the moment that really gets me, I'm still kind of trying to wrap my brain around it. In 2018, Martinez leaps in. He's leaped into magic, right? So Martinez is magic. Ben is Ben, and Martinez knows all the right answers for this crew. And Ben tries to explain that he's a time traveler and that he's trying to save everybody from Martinez. He can't quite prove it, and hijinks ensue. The team turns against Ben. They ultimately, through a uh, clever, really ties things together, Real Housewives reference. I want the power and the money, and I want them both. (laughs) 
It was kind of cool. Jen has a time travel password, basically a break in case of emergency code word in case a time traveler comes back and talks to her. Yeah, I'll give her that. I thought that was kind of a cool little touch. It leads to a funny little moment with her and Ian where Ian is very offended that she hasn't been forthcoming about her obsession with Real Housewives. Yeah, I this final episode is very Doctor Who-esque in that it it's a finale that pulls together a lot of the disparate elements of the season and just puts them back in front of you. So whether yeah. it's the Real Housewives reference, whether it's Frankie reappearing in Salvation, you know, these little things that kind of show back up. Yeah. But the Salvation thing is where I'm going with this because the thing that I was like, okay, explain what's going on here. Martinez, as magic, because Ziggy told him, Killing any single member of the team is not going to stop it. He's got to kill them all because somebody else will step in and be the leaper just as Ben did for Addison. So he tries to overload the accelerator, blow up the project. Ben and Martinez enter the accelerator. They vanish. So they leap again together and just start skipping through the leaps that they saw each other in. So first it's the mental hospital. And then it's the battleship and then it's salvation, like the three scenarios where they had previously met. And I was like, how is this supposed to be working? Yeah. Why? Why? Right. And then it's kind of explained away with a line where they just say, oh, they're skipping back through time where they've already been. And it was explained essentially the same way I just explained it. Exactly. And nobody's (laughs) like. Well, all right. They, they all just kind of, yeah, they all just kind of take it as like, oh, logically, that's what would happen. Why? Like, what? Like, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to that. There's no precedence for it. I'll tell you, uh, one of the most, all right, so so one of the most annoying things for me about the rise of Skywalker, Nate, is the, is the this very- This is still, uh, oh boy, right? The Quantum Leap podcast? I, okay, we right. brought up Star Wars <laughs> no, I know. like at least five times this season. And one of the things that really gets under my skin about Rise of Skywalker and left the sourest of tastes in my mouth about it were the final moments of the movie where Rey goes back to Tatooine, buries the lightsabers on the Lars family homestead, uh-huh. looks around. We watch the sun's set one more fucking time, you know? <laughs> and yeah. I came out of that movie and I thought, who was that for? It wasn't for Ray. She'd never been there before. Right. It certainly wasn't for Luke. He hated the place. It wasn't right. for Leia. She's probably never even fucking been there, except for right. the time she was enslaved by the fat slug dude. Yeah. So who yeah. was this for? And the answer was, it's for us, the viewers. It pushes the narrative totally aside to directly address the viewer and say, look at all this stuff. Hey, remember this? That's yeah. what this moment did. A little bit lesser because it is explained in a way that you're like, well, I guess this makes sense, right? No. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I mean, like, for us looking at it, we're like, no, that doesn't make sense. But it's easier to me to give it a pass than that egregious final moments of The Rise of Skywalker. But anyway, yeah. the leaping back through the past, the seeing some people we've seen in previous leaps, all of that is in service to us, the viewer, I think, to validate the journey we've all had. <laughs> You know, yeah, to get yeah. to this point. And but like you say, when you really think back on it, all of these threads and all of the little teases don't really pan out in ways that are completely satisfying. So I don't know if yeah. going back and mining that well is necessarily the best idea here. There's no logic as to why that would happen. And it's still time travel. So how does it affect what was done prior? Like, for example, when they leap back into the loony bin there, when last we left... That character, the detective, was dying in a car. Right. And if we're led to believe he leaped back into that character, he's in the asylum. Where is this? Right? Because we were with Ben the entire time he was in that asylum. From drop off to check out. (laughs) So So where is this? Right, exactly. Where is this? And does that mean that he was taken from the car and put back in the asylum? And there's, that's where he was <laughs> that for a sucks. little while. Those nurses came out and were like, oh, hey, look at this bleeding dude. We got to get you back in there, buddy. Yeah. Or the other thing that could be is that the moment that they leaped back in, he hadn't accomplished the goal yet. And he changed that. Right. 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 And the same thing, like when he leaps back into Diego at the end and kills random person, 
<laughs> you know, right. who's fighting with him. That changes things. And is it before or after he saved the city? Right. Right. It seems it seems and to if, me to be after. Like, but what? It's impossible to say. Like, ultimately, I don't think it matters that much. And the show basically well, tells us it doesn't because of the code that Ian enters. And here's the question about the code. So future Ian has written this code. Ben passes it along to 2023 Ian by writing it in a notebook in 2018 and letting Addison the hologram see it so she can relay it to Ian. So 2018 20, Ian has it. 20, 2018 Ian then Ian finds the it. notebook and right. they also have the code. So right. what ultimately happens is that the Ian in 2023 and the Ian in 2018 have to upload that code simultaneously. Why? Because they are a time travel constant. <laughs> I don't know. What? Yeah. No, it doesn't. I, I, because I they don't know need that... two players to beat Dark Souls. Yeah. But what is it they say? Like, we are one or yes. something? There's something what does very, that mean? very new agey about it. What it suggests to me is that Ian is a character that exists in all timelines simultaneously. But I don't understand but, it. But we haven't I done that yet. I don't understand what yet. they were. Okay, um, all right. I don't think <laughs> I don't think the show has gotten there yet, but the idea is that Ian is kind of the constant that keeps things from becoming unmoored and it's another lost thing. But that's even if that's true, reference, this even if that's true, I don't understand what's accomplished by doing it all at the same time. Why was that necessary? What is the same Why time? Didn't... One is in 2018 and one is in 2023. It's not yeah. even the same time. Right. Um, it's the same and time for Ben. Like, Ben is the person that it's in the same time in relation to, because they're both engaging with Ben simultaneously, I guess. I guess. This is definitely asking a lot. For as much as it's trying to tell you about the mechanics of all this, it's also at the same time saying, don't think about it too hard. Well, I can't. Not. <laughs> I can't not think about it. I if you accept the fact that they're able to reset the leap by entering this code simultaneously, which they are, I mean, who knows how it works. The leap resets, Ben re-enters 2018 at the same point he originally did, only now Martinez is gone. Martinez is, as Addison says, lost to time because he has died in a leap, even if that leap has been reset. Now, Ben, in all fairness, as a leaper, exists outside of all of this. Like, he recalls the events that he just went through before he leaps back into his entry point. So Martinez must therefore be dead. But. That's not fair. But here's the because thing. Because if they reset it, then Martinez. Should still be alive. Be, should still be alive and coming. It's because he's. A, they have to, they have to do it over again. Yeah. Well. Right. Here's the, here's the biggest thing for me is that when Ben and Martinez are in the accelerator, Martinez is in Magic's body. So when Ben and Martinez start skipping through time, it's actually Ben and Magic skipping through time. And then Magic dies. So Magic is gunned down in the Old West. <laughs> well, he's inhabited the other person by that point. So where is Magic's body now? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Right. And supposedly out this is the same place that Ben's original body is, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. But what I was thinking was what if this episode wraps up ben is presumably re-emerging in the 2023 accelerator there's a form in the accelerator surrounded Mm -hmm. by blue light everyone's watching on excitedly we know that the second ben completes this leap anything that he's changed is going to snap into place because of this quantum bubble that that is explained to us by janice what if ben steps out and magic's gone I'll lay dollars to donuts that that does not happen. Mm, forbidden donut. Ben steps out. Magic is gone. And not only is magic gone, but he's the only one who recognizes that magic isn't there. And here's the only reason I think that might be a thing. Because they went out of their way to have him engage with magic in the final episode. To establish that, yes, Ben does remember magic. They have this moment together. And if... Anything altered in the present, Ben would be the only one who had existing knowledge of the way things were supposed to be. And that could be the driving force behind season two. Like, Ben's like, I've got to get back in there. I feel like this is going to go the way of all the other theories that we've come up with. (laughs) 
as the more interesting thing that they won't do. The more interesting thing they won't do, yeah. Yeah. My feeling is that they had him interact with magic because he'd already interacted with... Everybody else. Yeah, that needed to happen because it's his turn, you know? And... You're probably right. It's probably nothing more than that. Yeah, it's just a matter of everybody needs something to do in this last episode. Yes. And... You're right. I had not considered that he was in Magic's body when he leaped out and disappeared, but they probably just forgot that. <laughs> because like why like why didn't Magic's body just stay there at the end when he leaped out? You know, why didn't Ben's other body just stay there? Like those two bodies should have been standing in the accelerator confused. What happened? <laughs> and as long as we're talking about Magic being inhabited, part of me wondered What does the nudge from Martinez feel like? Because the way that was described to us so Like a very forceful hand on your shoulder. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I feel like the way I read that when they first described it and loved it so much is it felt like the presence of Sam Beckett. Presence of like this benevolent force. Yeah, somebody that obviously had best intentions and was there to help. That's a very good question. And if it's Martinez on a military mission, like, what does that nudge feel like? And why would Magic accept it? And why would Magic accept it? That's a very, very good question. That bothered me some. Yeah. Hmm. You know, it it doesn't feel thought through. That I don't think we're getting an answer for. No. (laughs) Like, I don't think 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 we'll learn, learn anything more about that. I think it's just, it's it's one of those things, and Addison brings up the Terminator in a pretty amusing moment where Ben is trying to explain that he's from the future, he's there to save her, someone here is trying to kill you. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me stop you right there, because when I was talking about meat cute, and I brought up the fact that they brought up Back to the Future, Terminator, are you here to kill John Connor, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's that's Um, some low-hanging fruit there, Nate. Yeah, sure, sure, (laughs) that's what you said. That's true. But that's here true. in the finale of Quantum Leap, oh, that's fun. Oh, I was it's, a, a double standard. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it was the way in which she says it. That's just the plot of the Terminator, like dismissively. It didn't really bother me at all. No, it's funny. I thought that, that was is fun that too. is a funny callback. But <laughs> and I think Martinez is sort of designed to be this unstoppable force. Right, like yeah, like that was fun him. when he leaped back onto the battleship. Oh god, <laughs> and he beat up like four guys or something. That was great. And th- th- that was leaping funny. leaping onto the battleship, and Ben suddenly realizes, "Wait, I outrank him. G- get that yeah. guy, you know." And then yeah. Martinez systematically takes out every single person on the bridge of that ship. That was fun. That was that was a really great moment. Like Ben was trying to do his best there, but yeah, he's kind of this unstoppable force, and I think to that end. If you want a headcanon-y kind of way to rationalize this, it's like... Magic didn't have a choice. Exactly. Like, Martinez doesn't give you the option of accepting the nudge. You're taking Mm. this. I think you and I are the same in that one of the things that I like the most about time travel stories is unraveling how that worked and where does it actually line up and was it told perfectly and is it not told perfectly and do i care right does this create a perfect loop do changes made in the past have an impact on the future does this all line up like back to the future does it famously in a number of ways i'm thinking of the pine tree farm it's like a throwaway moment where marty knocks down one of the pine trees and then suddenly when he comes back to 85 it's lone pines mall instead of twin right 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 those are cute fun moments but the first movie All of the pieces come together and it's tied up nicely at the end and it all makes sense. And then the second movie, you have to kind of let some things go, like when Biff steals the car, goes to the future, and changes things and then kind of disappears and leaves the car there, sort of. Right. He took it and then he leaves his cane, but he disappears and there's just stuff that doesn't quite make sense, but it's enjoyable enough that I don't care. So there are ways that these things can unfold, and I can enjoy it as the fact that, oh, man, I can't believe they got it all to sync up. Right. Or, wow, there's enough fun stuff going on here that the things that they didn't quite get, I'm all right with. And I love discussing time travel in that regard. Like, I would really like some future episodes of our podcast to tackle source code. Yes. Or some other time travel things that just to discuss these types of things. I don't have that same feeling with this episode because I don't know what the rules are and I'm just frustrated by the fact that they're just doing whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. I'm not having as much fun 
unraveling those things. They're the kind one of making it I... up on the fly. Last week's episode, I was kind of complaining a little bit about that because of the, oh, suddenly we can have two people in the accelerator. Oh, suddenly the handlings work without Ziggy. You know, suddenly it's like a lot of little things that are just plot conveniences peppered throughout. I really sure. think they swung for the fences, and I don't I, I, feel like you don't that. think they, they you don't think they put everything they had into this one. I, no, I feel like if they were swinging for the fences, we would have been stopping uh, evil Ziggy, or we would have been stopping an evil Leaper program, or something bigger. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel big. You're right, it doesn't. And but that's why that that last scene lands for me, like the scene where he's back in 2018. And he's like, I know what I have to do. And he just walks straight up to Addison and just plants one on her and is like, I'm not going to tiptoe around this. I'm going to take advantage of whatever time we have together. And I'm going to be as emphatic about us as I can. That moment lands for me because Ben's journey, whether it appeared evident from the beginning or not, has perhaps retroactively led to this point. It's a fine character story for Ben. He has gained enough experience being all these other people. Um, that he's had some exploration about himself and changed and thought about things in his life that he'd do differently because he's, you know, ultimately she means so much to him. Like, all of that character stuff and that arc and that story is fine. It's the second narrative that they've planted for us to theorize about. All of the mystery boxes that they that they plant in front of us don't like they they are lacking any emphasis they're lacking any punch at the end of the story yeah uh, for me um, for me i think that's best exemplified by janice like if i'm looking at the, the primary mystery yeah, box for me that that's, just that's didn't fair. ultimately work it's all summed up by janice like if you remove janice from the whole season but yeah. martinez is still there I don't think this season feels like it's not as fulfilling. For you anyway, I don't think it would feel quite as unfulfilling yeah. if it weren't for the fact that the show suggested that there was a lot more, if not nefarious, just mysterious yeah. elements. I, I really think the story could have been told compellingly without it being a mystery. Yeah. There's a story to be made about a guy that leaps through time to save his girlfriend that can be a compelling story without it being mysterious sure Sure. so i wonder if they had taken that angle instead you know this kind of ending would have been more satisfying the other thing that i you know just kind of getting back to the rules for a second what do you make of this notion as they're leaping back through time and re-inhabiting bodies where they've interacted because sure You know, but what do you make of this back and forth about whose side the accelerator is on? Yeah, that's the. the, What does that mean? Maybe the accelerator is on my side. Martinez, his clap back on that. Everyone who goes to war thinks the universe, God, is on their side. We can't all be right. That's Martinez's clap back. And I thought that's a really great line. And it no, also, I buy, yeah, that's good. It's also the universe, God. It goes back the more mysterious elements of what could be at play. I feel like that was more a commentary on actual war yes. than it was yes. this show and why this show is. I, because I everybody still don't, keeps I don't mentioning the accelerator, was, right? Yeah, um, I don't think that was a reach to leaping as part of a higher power, right? I think the closest we got to that was Magic's allusion to uh, Martin Luther King. Yes. I think that's probably the closest. I don't understand why the accelerator would be on anybody's side. It goes back to the question that I've had multiple times, which is why is a machine dependent on doing something good for somebody right. to, to continue? Like, I don't understand that. And how is it that Ben is potentially lost in time, but Ian is just like, well, I leaped there and then I leaped back. Oh, it's it's the future, <laughs> you know. You know? It, uh, it just worked. Yeah, I mean, for them, it's the benefit of being in the future, I guess. Right. I guess. I mean, I suppose the technology has changed and advanced because obviously Martinez is able to leap one without Swiss cheesing his mind. Right. He knows everything. He read the file, then ate the file, and then started leaping. 
He's got it all, man. <laughs> yeah. I still find it odd that he doesn't have a hologram because does he know where he's going to end up each time and already know what he needs to accomplish? See, there's the question. Like, we still don't know where he came back from. What was the year? How far into the yeah. future was it? I mean, obviously, he's got a few gray hairs. Still cut. Still buff. I don't know how old he could be, but... Well, he only had the strength of magic. So when they're fighting, he's basically magic's age, right? That's true, yeah. I guess I can buy that the technology has advanced if we knew how the technology worked. But I guess that would mean that in his journey to get back to 2018... He had to stop in all those places and already knew what he needed to accomplish to continue. But why couldn't he just use the accelerator to, to go, go straight, straight there. to 2018? Yeah. Like, these these are the things, like, just doesn't come together. I understand that some of the threads that were left out there for the narrative do get tied up, but there are enough pieces there that just don't add up. Enough questions that are, arise from it. They just need to be asked, right? Right. I had another one that I jotted down, which is, why does Martinez, as magic, visit Ben in his waiting room? In the cell, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the only waiting room we've gotten on this show. But there's no reason for him to go in there. And he goes in there, and not only does he have no motivation to go in there, but he doesn't accomplish anything while he's in there. He actually no... loses while he's in there. Yeah, there's no reason to do anything. He's only there because the story needs him to the, be there. The only reason he's there is because Ben needs to get the pen that Magic keeps yeah, in his Yeah, but pocket. there's no reason for him to go in there. Right. He had already won by having Ben in there. But yeah, there was no reason for that to happen. He just needed the marker. And then the turtle time thing was a joke that didn't land for me. It may have been Jen's delivery. It may have been a callback I didn't need because I already didn't like the fact that they liked the well, housewives. It was a callback that I didn't get. I know nothing about Real Housewives. I love the bling. I love the jewelry. I love it all. So more power to you if you know what the hell turtle time means. I right. thought it was a Ninja Turtles thing, but I was like, no, that's pizza time and turtle power. <laughs> Those are two different slogans. <laughs> <laughs> but the the moment where Janet is supposed to just finally give in and okay, I like the housewives. You know, like it just wasn't funny to me. Well, that's I, that's her arc. That's been her whole arc this season is can I admit to myself that I love real housewives and also that I need to reconnect with my father. Those that was Jen's arc. Yeah, we'll see whether that comes back. Oh boy. As long as we're talking about Jen again. The scene where she breaks down emotionally. Oh, yes. That what? That came out of left field. Um, and it wasn't done well. <laughs> a couple episodes ago, when they had the courtroom episode and Jen had a vested interest in what was going on and was kind of emotionally connected to the proceedings and then had that moment at the end, that was leaps and bounds more earned than what happened yeah. in that moment in this episode where, like, her icy exterior just not even fades it just completely collapses yeah for like three seconds it was like and it's whoa yeah that that was over what i like i don't even know what was happening at that time that was so emotional i think everybody was worried that what was going to come next was going to change everything and that yes that the potential for all of them to be not even a part of the project anymore like was real and substantial and everybody was concerned addison certainly right. was concerned about that and i think jen was too and we don't talk too much about the performances outside of ones that we found really really good but this this emotional outburst from jen was not good no no it as that was happening not only was it out of place as an actress she's at a disadvantage trying to pull this off because why you know, right. so she probably is like, what's my motivation here? But that being said, I legitimately thought she was going to stop mid-tears and it was a joke. <laughs> like, I, I legitimately thought, yeah, I, exactly. And that's why I thought when I was like, oh, wait, this is supposed to be genuine? Why? So here's a moment. All right. So, so there's that moment. And I completely agree with you on it. Here's a moment where Jen was perfectly in character, and I enjoyed it immensely in this episode. I have yet to enjoy Jen immensely. <laughs> <laughs> when Jen enters the imaging chamber to help Ben navigate the corridors of Project Quantum Leap, 
and says that, oh, you come this way. There's a shipment of boxes that were delivered today that blocked the security camera. I remember it because it drove me nuts. And if we sneak out this way, oh, this is going to piss her off so much. And she laughs about it. And her past yeah. self comes by a few minutes later like, who put all these boxes there? I don't, you know, and it's, yeah. it's like the idea that I could do something deliberately to piss my past self off is delightful to me. Like, yeah. I would do that in a heartbeat, given the opportunity, just to stick it to myself, like, six or seven years ago. Yeah. I was afraid that you were going to say the part where she grabs Ziggy's hand link and walks into the thing and says, it just got personal. No, that wasn't it. <laughs> that yeah, was not the part goodness, I was going to say. That was a moment I was just like, this poor actress, this poor character, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> You know, right. I'm going to give her the summer off and we'll see how she does season two. But <laughs> man, oh, man, just a couple extra questions here before we start to wrap things up. And maybe you have answers for them. Okay. I don't know. Was this plan at all necessary at any time? My question, I guess, is what is to stop Ben from just walking in and telling everybody at the project, hey, I just had a visit from Ian in the form of this coffee shop person, and, and they're saying that Addison's going to die. They mentioned that he felt like he couldn't trust anyone, but why? There's no indication from Ian's message that he shouldn't trust someone. And it's not like anything that he would say would necessarily stop the government from taking the actions that they take. Unless they just don't leap at all. Yeah. Right? It seems like the events that are in motion are such that Martinez is going to leap where Martinez leaps. The project in 2023 has no control over that. Well, we kind of learned your chicken and egg thing, which was Martinez's leap was in reaction to Addison's, Addison's leap. eventual leap. So Then Ian leaped back, which set into motion Ben leaping. Right. Which Martinez knew about because of Ziggy. So in the timeline where Ben starts leaping, does Martinez still come back? Or is he just already out there in the time stream when the timeline readjusts? I think the answer is Martinez always comes back because he does the thing where, you know, I asked Ziggy and Ziggy said, yes, no matter who I kill, one of you keeps coming back. One right. of you initiates this. So it's like, there's your closed loop as far as this idea is concerned. Like whether it had been Ben, whether it had been Ian... Jen, whoever's in that, the doll right. guy, if the doll guy was the leaper. like. <laughs> but the fact remains, if he just says, hey, Ian, I got a visit from you from the future. We need to do something to stop this guy. Why can't they just work on that as a team? Why does he have to go find Janice and do it in secret? And if what led that... him to believe he couldn't trust people? Nothing's there to suggest that he can't trust people. Well, so the, the idea might be that if he does anything, then he might prevent Ian from coming back and delivering that message to begin with, right? But we ourselves know that that doesn't matter. Ian finds out about it eventually. And why is that Ian's message? Ian's message why would is, he... is they're going to kill Addison. You've got to leap. But why isn't it they're going to kill Addison? You guys need to do something to stop that. You guys need to stop. Nobody leaps. Yeah. <laughs> Either nobody leaps or be prepared for this when you leap. Why can't it just be a warning? Why does this set Ben into motion? I can see Ben saying, I have to do something. But why can't that I have to do something be my friends and I need to do something about this? And why wouldn't I tell Addison? Why does Ian like, have to be so clandestine about it? Why deliver the message to Ben and say, hey, I'm myself from the future and here's what happened. Uh, we saw how that goes. <laughs> well, there are infinitely better ways to try and prevent, like, put your whole team together. You're from the future. You know they can all be trusted. Just tell your team to do something about this. Yeah. I know from the future that this happens, and you need to take whatever steps are necessary to prevent it. Not, Ben, you've got a leap to save Addison's life. What? Why? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't and you may or may not want to involve this shady character over here in the proceedings <laughs> right i think there are parts of this episode that are deeply frustrating for you that i'm just like you know what i'm gonna allow them to have this i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna grant them this i'm gonna grant them that 
That's really bizarre to me. <laughs> why are you? I don't know why you, this doesn't bother you. Because more. there's still a second season, I guess. Is <laughs> the goalpost I, for what success looks like keeps moving. Yeah. And again, I'm hanging more of this on the emotional journey than anything else. And I'm thinking, Ben, why would he step into that accelerator? Because he's emotional and because he's he's panicked. Because the only thing that matters to him is her. But he's not though. He's logical. Well, he, he is, ran he, probabilities about whether he should even ask her out. Like, this is a guy that analyzes situations. He doesn't act on impulse. Maybe that's the problem. Until, Maybe until that's why he made such end. a shitty decision. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're hanging your hat more on this emotional journey. Kind of the last thing I wanted to mention is that, uh, you know, sing the praises of Caitlin Bassett one last time. Her face at the very end of uh, this the episode. final shot of the show. Was so ambiguous. Yes. It's almost like the perfect reaction to, okay, what's next season going to be? It is. Joy, concern, and maybe a hint of confusion. By the very end, still, here's a happy resolution. Yes. So if they hadn't gotten a second season, it could have been interpreted so many different ways. It would have been like the like, end of Inception. Right? Did the top fall? Did the top not fall? It would have been like the end of the Watchmen series on HBO. Right. Where the camera cuts just a second before she puts her foot in the pool in the water, right? That sort of thing where you end with this, do you believe it was Ben? Do you believe it was something else? This was the final episode of the show. I thought that final moment would have been the way to go. (laughs) I'm going to draw an allusion to another movie, which is... um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. One of the greatest writing tricks that I've ever seen is Steve Rogers sitting next to Peggy Carter's bed when she's suffering from Alzheimer's. Yes. You're trying to capture two moments in this sequel, which is one, Peggy's reaction to seeing Steve again Uh for the first time. And you need Peggy to deliver sage advice to a long held friend yes and they pull it off by leading with the sage advice to show that they have some relationship in the present and then he turns around for a glass of water and when he comes back you get that steve you're back you know the thing that you want to see yes so you get both in the span of maybe three minutes and it's a complete reversal on expectations too like like it has this emotional impact on you that's the opposite of what you always thought it was going to be because instead of it being this heartwarming moment it's actually pretty heartbreaking because you see this is the state of decline right right but you get both yes yeah you do it's also heartwarming that's that's the thing it's like it's it's wonderful it's one of the best parts of that movie they do a similar thing here because you get the big climactic kiss they're back together and the passion of addison and ben is on full display They can touch each other because she's not a hologram. You get that kiss, but you also get the is he back, is he not moment. Yes. That says maybe they don't get back together yet because the journey has to continue. And they deliver both of them. Yeah. And I'll grant them that that was done awfully well, I thought. And like I said, it all goes back to Caitlin Bassett's performance in those final seconds oh yeah just just the amount of acting she does with her face good for her yeah holy crap right yeah really Um, just just showing up and again we've talked about this before this is like her first major credit as an actress right (laughs) yes coming out of the military it's it's funny it's funny because when you see articles or stuff about this show it's starring raymond lee and then it'll have some stuff he's been in and non-recently and it'll have some stuff she's been in and of course ernie hudson has a long and storied career and Caitlin Bassett, military. You know, it's like, it's, there's, no, yeah. there's nothing there. I think she's kind of acting circles around oh, some she of came them. In, she, ah, that's not sure. fair. Uh, no, I don't think it is. But like, as far as coming in and going toe-to-toe with everybody there. I do think she's a little above what the rest of them are doing. Yeah. But, but she's also the given rest the best of them material also, I think, to work the with. Later on, she certainly yeah. is, yeah. I think we'll get back into this later when we talk about a retrospective of the full season. But... Before we sign off here, we're running long again, Yeah, of course. course. I've spent a lot of time really picking this apart. I I will admit there's a lot there that I'm disappointed by, but I don't want to leave any of our listeners thinking this show has been a major disappointment. We'll talk about the season as a whole. It's not something I'm giving up on, and a season two is welcome You know, Star Trek The Next Generation, we brought up on just about every episode, and 
season season one was rough, man. You know, they, yeah, but uh, they didn't figure that show out for two and a half years. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you can you can get some good episodes out. Well, me- later later it, half of measure, season. Measure two. of a Man was that uh, season two? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I mean, there's there's there some highlights. Some good ones. Yeah. So, but that being said, you know, give a show time to find its legs, and there's enough there. So. For anybody that just really loved this episode, I, you know, I hope I didn't ruin, <laughs> you know, ruin anything or or lead you to believe I'm not a fan. I no. thought that by comparison, and I did enjoy the finale, and I liked the timey, trippy kind of aspects of it of 2051 to the 2018, and I'm a real sucker for that kind of stuff. But I kept going back to the episode from five weeks ago with the constant resetting of the timeline and Ben was leaping into the different people and he had to kind of piece it together. Yeah, leap, die, repeat. Yeah, yeah, leap, die, repeat was to me, as far as playing with time travel goes, easily the best episode of the season that did that sort of thing. When you stack it up against this, I thought that episode was much more effective and playful and creative with what it did. And this episode, maybe because they just had too many threads to pull together, more than they could possibly do in a satisfactory manner. Swung for the fences. Did it hit the fences? Uh, no, not all the time. Sometimes yeah. it did, though. Yeah, well, you're trying to clear the fence, but... Uh, <laughs> so but, it hit um, the fence repeatedly. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. It's a good point. If this show accomplished anything, it finally gave us an episode where we can disagree. Yes, I think so. I feel like every episode, <laughs> we've been exactly on the same page for the most part. I've been a little more vocal about it all season long, I think, but you know, finally we've yeah, had a discussion like... where maybe we're uh, on the opposite sides of a, a result. Yeah, because I definitely came out of this feeling fulfilled to a degree, and, and Nate, you did not, so. No, not not even a little bit. <laughs> I, Ben's journey is from beginning to end is good for him outside of that. Uh, that's another episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll be back. We'll do uh, some episodes here in the... Uh... Off season, now that we don't have new Quantum Leap for, what month is this? We're looking at about five months, four months. I don't know. Sure. How's TV work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got some ideas lined up and some really fun ones, I think, if you guys stick around with us. They won't all necessarily be Quantum Leap, but Quantum Leap adjacent. They will all be Quantum Leap adjacent. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I look forward to some of these topics we've got lined up. Stick around until season two. I plan to. Yes, absolutely. And until then, guys, uh, of course... Send Nate hate mail for his his take on that final episode of the season. I welcome it. Tell me I'm wrong, please. Oh boy, QLpod at gmail.com. You find us on Twitter. I'm at Captain Byrne. I am at Action Nate. Find us on Instagram. I don't remember my Instagram handle, but I'm sure you can figure it out. You're savvy. Look at you. Look at you, you go-getter. But until next time, folks, and next time will be sooner rather than later, I'm Brian. And I'm Nate. And we'll be here in the waiting room.